these are con- hello. Uh, these are our continuing recordings on Joe Dispenza's uh, video. Um, so the question for you is regarding liberation of energy. Uh, how does this idea of liberation of energy connect with um, what we're trying to do in Angel Way? Yeah. So we all know we all know that we are all energy beings. Um, we've learned that so far in Angel Wing. And when Dr. Dispenza talks about liberation of energy, it's a very uh, amazing and an awesome moment. Because if you look at your mind, or you look at your the way you're feeling in your body, there is you know resistance, that means your muscles are stiff, um, your heart rate is increasing, you're not breathing properly, you have a headache, you know, um, other than getting sick, obviously. For mostly when you're feeling these, there is, it is connected to a certain thought pattern. And so obviously, those are negative thought patterns which bring about this kind of physiological response. Now, when you observe and become a witness, then you have a choice to let those negative thoughts go and choose to think positive thoughts. Like, for example, being grateful, gratitude and everything, um, choosing to look at all the good in people, all the good around you, uh, reminiscing on things that have happened in the past, which are all good, uh, using certain even negative things as a stepping stone to learning from it and how you can move on. Uh, visualizing things, all the stuff. So there's so many more. But when you encourage these thoughts, there is a new energy in the body. You know, you feel um, elation. Um, you feel excited. Um, those are all good things, you know, in the body. It feels good. So uh, so then th- that's what he describes as liberation of energy. Sometimes you even... And nothing may be happening right now, but just the memory of good things brings you that uh, release of that energy. And that is our real state of being. So we can always bring it no matter what's happening from the outside. So you don't necessarily have to depend on your happiness or that state of being um, on what's going on around you. Right. So, the natural state of an individual, what is your perspective on that? I mean, people are looking for high energy states. They like more awakened energy. What is the relationship between, first of all, what is the natural state of a person? What is that? A natural state is one of bliss, joy, just comfortable in your being, in your skin, comfortable in your body, clarity of mind and complete alignment where your mind and heart is in coherence. That means the mind body is in, line, in complete alignment. That means you're, 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 you don't have any abnormal feelings in your body and the mind is pretty stable in the sense like it's not causing these um, polarity you know, or confusion or conflict. Okay. So there's a statement about considering the whole and making choices. Decision-making process is 
quite well studied in psychology in many ways. At any given turn, we have decisions to make sure I take this path or should I take this path or I make this do, do this or no, I shouldn't do it. Um, to see the bigger picture, to see the whole behind every decision. Uh, how does one do that, and why should one do that, and how does one do that? Yeah, decision making cannot always happen, especially cannot happen when we are conflicted in our mind. And that is what we're talking about. Like, how do I, do I go this way or that way? Or do I choose this over that? It can mean not only just two choices, it may be multiple. Um, the reason, t- the reason it is firstly confusing is because your mind is fragmented. It cannot figure out what is right and what is wrong. Because you're thinking of everything at once. Every part of the mind is thinking different things. So the main thing to do is get the mind out of the picture. And when I say out of the picture, I meant um, going a little bit beyond it. And that can be done with meditation. Meditation is a gateway to that silence, which is not a forced silence, but more so when you go a little bit beyond the mind, a little deeper, where there is a wholeness, where your different parts of the mind are not in, you know, fighting each other or fragmented. And that's what you want when your brain or you're working in as a whole mind or a whole brain. When things appear with more clearly and so the decision becomes a little easier. So that's how, you know, it's it's better to do it at that time. Or we go for a walk, you go one with the nature, you're in it. That also is one way of go for a run. Um, many activities, music, when you're in, you know, you, you're playing an instrument. So which allows you to get into that state. And then it becomes a little easier to make a decision or a reasonable decision. Okay, so... There are decisions that are made with great deal of impulse at times, right? There are impulsive decisions. Imp- there is, as we have been talking about, the desire to gain certain kind of experience. Uh, how does one recognize that this is an d- impulsive decision and that there's risk or there's potential harm in that? Uh, how does one do that? What's needed for that? We all make impulsive decisions. So the little ones don't matter, you know. But again, if you're even the little ones, if you're doing consistently, obviously, then it amounts to a lot more as we go along. Um, So this is one thing we all have to do, even kind of to evolve. And as we work on ourselves and towards self-mastery is, Become more and more of a witness to how your mind works. Because when you make impulsive decisions, it's because your thought process is in such a, such a pattern or way that, you know, and um, the desire kicks in and then the brain, mind tells you, yeah, go ahead, do this. It's okay. It, you know, all justifying all reasons to uh, take action. So that is why you have to become more and more of a witness about observing how your thought patterns are. How does your mind or your brain think? You know, how does your mind work? And when you look at it from a 
neutral perspective and you're always aware of it, then it gives you that little bit of a um, lag time, a refractory period where it's easier for you to make a proper decision and choose the thoughts uh, wisely so that you're not choosing the impulsive thoughts which is making you um, take the wrong action. Okay, right, that's fine. So he, um, Joe Dispenza, he talked about these systems failing, economic, political system, educational, various systems. What do you say about that? Do you agree with that? Absolutely. And because um, by thinking that we are making good to, I mean, decisions like we have, um, there is more chaos and more conflict, um, more unemployment, more poverty. Um, so we're really not there at the vision or uh, whatever the vision was or the mission was at the goal we wanted. And this is definitely something because we always believed in authority. Um, we always believed and submiss- submitted ourselves, actually, to authority. We thought government knows what, the, um, what, we, what is good for us. Um, parents know what is good for us. Our teachers know what's good for us. Um, the, wherever you work, our, our employer knows what's good for us. Um, unfortunately, the only person who knows what's good for each of us is us. And we've forgotten that part completely. And that is where we have to get back to this knowing of self and self-mastery, which will guide us to, to uh, walk on a path or on a journey which we're meant to do. And um, this is why it's good to see it crumble so we know that we cannot depend on the authority outside of us. To a certain extent, we all have to because we have to function in society. But it is time for us to really go inwards and... Um, if it doesn't resonate with us, if it doesn't go with the real self, then there's something wrong in the system and you don't have to go with the system. And because the system itself is us, if we, if we go deeper and we introspect, we reflect, we contemplate on this and make decisions based on that, then we'll see the unity in there. Even though we are diverse people, there is a main unity which is going to bring us together in a whole new way. Okay. Very good. So he's talking about a lady, right, that's not going to get up from meditation. Can you say about this thing, about being in love with life? How do you do that? So when you are doing meditation, especially as a beginner, and even otherwise, there are days, you know, which are one day is different from the other because of our mind frame and what's going on around us. It's hard for us to sit there in meditation calming ourselves down. A lot of times the body is restless and then the body speaks to the mind. It releases more negative thoughts and we get up and or we sit there for an hour, you know, getting into our mind, meaning getting into each thought and getting into that loop and we get up the same way as we went in. So that really doesn't, that is not meditation. So the actual meditation is, you can do an observer meditation in the beginning where you are really an observer of the thoughts. And as you become observers, the mind lets go of the thoughts. And then you can use any other tool to go deeper into meditation. So when you're going deeper into the meditation, you go with intention saying, I am going to that space beyond my mind to connect to that real whole self 
which is very loving, which is amazing, awesome, perfect. And the reason why we haven't loved ourselves all this time is because the mind kept saying, depending on what's going on in life, each time is telling you different things and we have come to a point when we don't like ourselves anymore because of the things you did or made choices and everything. But that is not our real self. But when you go deeper into this meditation, you want to go so deep where you experience this awesome self, which is full of love, which is full of bliss and peace. And so you set that intention that you're not getting up from your seat till you get to that state, because that is the state you need to function going forward during the day. So there's this mobilization of energy in the external, internal environment. <clears throat> the example that he gave about the woman whose sores disappeared, etc. She's living in that space of love. Uh, she's not in that in that uh, damaged sense, that damaged emotion, that contracted state, right? Uh, there's a tendency for people to remain in that uh, in that state. I'm trying to remember the exact language he used there. Hold on one second here. Uh, hold on one second. Within a very short amount of time, all of a sudden now she starts noticing that she's feeling way better. She goes to the doctor a year later. There's not a sign of cancer. So that's the point. Like retiring the past, not living anymore in that in that headspace of those problems, right? Um, always this question: How? This like we were saying. <laughs> Show me a way to do that. How is that to be done? Because most people feed on that. Energy is just being fed on that thing for some reason or another. What do you want to say? Yeah, so there are so many reasons why people live in the past. Other than, of course, you know, reliving it all over again with the emotional charge and everything. That is one one thing uh, which carries them from the past to every present and so on. So it continues. The present continues in the future. So the way to retire the past is firstly to create a clear intention before going into your meditation and really letting it go with that intention saying, this is not working for me. This is not good for me. I have this life. I've been given this life. I didn't choose to be being born or I have nothing to do with my creation. So there is this opportunity and I don't want to be a victim of my past and I don't want to be a victim of my outside circumstances. And you know this is possible because what is the problem that you are having all these issues in the body because of the mind which is holding on to that thought, holding on to those memories with charge, with sadness and depression and anger and all those negative emotions and continuing it day in and day out. And what happens when you do that is your body suffers. And that's how you get bad diseases including cancer because you signal the the genes which we're not supposed to signal by all these um, negative thought processes. So, sometimes people have this anger towards, not sometimes, a lot of times people have anger towards people and circumstances. And what happens there is there is this weird sense of, 
you feel you are punishing the other person by doing that. But if you really look in reality, nobody has any time to think about anything other than their own head. So there is no punishing there. You are actually punishing yourself. And all the anger and frustration is in you. So when we realize this fact, this truth, then we have to make an intention before you go into this meditation. And not just one day, you have to do it again and again and again. So again, it's a repetition, like, you know, to build new loops, how we did uh, in the past about the negative loops. So to create these positive loops, you have to do, go into meditation with that intention. Okay, if I'm not successful today, I will redo it tomorrow. And eventually you're going to, you know, weaken the loop and it's going to be gone. So, and it will be a memory still, but it won't have that charge around it or the baggage or that, um, you know, um, literally any effect, emotional effect on your current life. Right, so there's the weakening of the loop, but there is also the resurgence of that loop given enough time. Given enough time, many, if not all of these, not all, but at least many of these patterns, they tend to repeat again in some form or another. Uh, we were talking about addictions before, like the you know the QTP concept and all, that these things resurge again and again, and then they get worse over time. Uh, what we're interested in doing is to, is to find a way that they can actually be um, transmuted. They can be, this quantum transformation can happen. What is meant by quantum transformation with regards to these strong loops that are running around, whether they're addiction loops or whatever they might be, past loops of any kind? The realization that our thoughts create a reality negative, positive, it doesn't matter, is a very powerful realization because then we are given an opportunity or we have an opportunity to choose our thoughts and to create whatever reality we want. And so by enough practice of being more aware and a witness to our thoughts, we can build that strength of not giving into our thoughts, which are negative patterns, you know, from the past. And yes, there is loops, but the more we become aware, the more we become witnesses steadily on all our thoughts, the chances of, you know, resurgence is much less. Right, exactly. But we want to see if it's possible to obliterate even the chance of resurgence. Yes, there are people that are in recovery for a long time or they haven't reverted back to old patterns in general. But still there is the chance of it. Is there even a state of evolution where even the chance of it disappears? There is. Um, and from my experience, what I have seen is at every present moment, one has to find a big purpose or meaning to their lives. And as we do, and as things come in our way, to look at even the negative events that happen as opportunities for, you know, self-growth, you can call it evolution, whatever you call unfolding, um, going beyond the veil, you can call it however you want, whatever resonates with that person. 
when you do that, your whole perception changes. So when the perception to life changes, the the chances go down and it can be obliterated completely. Because even if something happens, why do people revert back is when something happens in the external circumstances, you again connected to whatever happened in the past and if you have this outlook of um, oh my god this happened to me again um, I don't know how to you know handle that but if we said that okay this has happened this is also happening for me how can I unfold find more unfolding in this and you know get deeper into meditation and find more purpose to life you know be on the quest of uh, figuring out how I can navigate through, you know, in, 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 through my life in this journey and find beauty in it. Um, not necessarily depending on, you know, outside circumstances, but to be in off more richer experiences, better experiences. Um, and because life is full of experiences, we're all some sort of experiences, but it all depends on how we view our experience. If we view as it, um, negatively and as a pessimistic, then, uh, it's a whole new way. But if you do it the other way, then you find beauty in it. There's nothing else. So there is no chance of reverting back. Yes, yeah, so exactly. It's a matter of fundamental transformation of perspective. The entire perspective has to change right from like inside out. So, all right. So there's the unmemorizing emotions that are stored in the body. All right. So... What is what is that? I mean, how are emotions stored? The, emotions are there, but the, the, the notion that they're stored in the body, that they're like held in the body muscularly and, and they affect the body somehow, right? What do you want to say? So every thought which comes through the mind, if we don't address it either by letting it go or act on it, the brain cannot just let it go goes into your subconscious mind which becomes your eventually it's linked to the body and the body becomes the mind that's what they talk about Mm -hmm. so it's projection because again everything is energy so this is all projection of this energies in your body which is the next step which is the next place to store that's why we talk about emotions are stored as energy in the body and they're all blockages so they they may they may um, be stored as pain it may be stored as rashes it may be stored as anything in the body dysfunction of different organ systems as headaches as migraine it could be anything so that is how the our being even then is informing us that there is something wrong in the mind and now you look at it because it's in the body so because when it's in the body, it's a little easier for us because that is when we recognize it. So when the body has pain and everything, and if we realize at that point that it is stemming from or starting from the mind, then we have to unlearn it and not give importance and relax it because then we're trying to reverse the loop by calming the mind, by, you know, heart-oriented mechanisms or tools, uh, which relaxes the body, which in turn connects or forces or makes the brain think of positive thoughts. And so then the cycle is reversed. Okay.
So this is a very significant point, the new personality, the disease doesn't exist in the new personality. In addictions, people say that people have an addictive personality, which is not, there's no technically things as an addictive personality, but they use that. But, the, but that process that we call an addiction or a repetitive process, it has, it's become embedded within the personality. So the, the new personality is where that process doesn't have any place in that new mental framework, right? What do you say? Yeah, absolutely. So you're not the old self at all when this transformation happens. That's why we call it a transformation. And so if you're a new self, then everything in the old self is gone. And that is what we're striving at. And Mm -hmm. this is what Dr. Dispenza talks about. And that's why it's so amazing. And there is thousands of people who have followed his uh, meditations and, you know, guidance. And, uh, you know, it's not just theoretical. He has had um, the most, the worst diseases with even no names. Uh, People just be cured of it. And they did it themselves. That's the best part. He had nothing to do with, you know, doing it for them. And that is why we have to understand that, we are own masters. We are our own creators of our destiny. We are. We can create our own reality. Everybody's reality is okay. Or it, whatever you had in the past is fine. But you can significantly make a change. Uh, of course, provided your body is not so weak that it's it's gone to the point that it cannot be reversed. Um, obviously, <coughs> because there could be distant stages of cancer when it is really, um, you know, uh, difficult to do it but however I can give you instances of who I know even that's possible but the in, the transformation has to be so um, 360 degrees that it's all of a sudden you're signaling off these uh, healing and a total body healing as genes are triggered and then the person can be free of the disease completely okay. good. good answer